Hello and welcome to the Conscious Consulting Podcast, where we will introduce you to the Conscious Consulting Philosophy. Together with our senior advisors from all around the world, we blend the deep knowing of wisdom traditions, technology, modern science and business, and show you how to transform this wisdom into impact in your daily life as a consultant, leader or entrepreneur. Welcome to the CCG community. When ancient kings have looked for answers, they seek help in old wisdom traditions, such as Taoism. Famous Taoists like Lao Tzu were the leadership consultants of these times. And until this day, the wisdom of Taoism is highly valuable when it comes to the business-related questions of our times. Therefore, we need to bring it back to the modern world. So in this episode of the Contrast Consulting Podcast, Taoist teacher Shantina Augusto Sabadini and founder of the Contrast Consulting Group, Christian Mayhofer, talk about what it means to be a Taoist leader and how to apply this old wisdom in the daily leadership and consulting practice. So sit back, relax and enjoy our wonderful new episode on the Conscious Consulting Podcast. What actually, when we started talking about that, Chantine, about the idea of Taoist leader, what were your, first of all, my impression was you kind of, there was this question mark with you, why Taoist and leadership, Taoism and leadership, and there's, oh yes, actually could, this could make sense uh, to see it in this context of right. leadership. What, what was that, what you... What brought you to that idea? Um, the fact that actually much of Lao Tzu's dialogue is addressed to kings, mm -hmm. is addressed to how to manage a situation in which one is responsible for a, a, a larger reality, a collective reality. And um, um, there's, there's like two streaks, let's say, that uh, funnily enough work together in Taoism in this respect. One is like total rejection of roles and responsibilities and um, in that way it's It's quite different from the Confucian mind, which is very devoted to like each person plays his or her part in society, in the family, in the village, in, in the state. Um, the, the, the Taoist sage is quite rebellious and, and doesn't easily fit in that mold. Mm -hmm. Um, like a typical story is like Chuan Tzu fishing and two ministers from the king come and say, the king wants to entrust you the government of the state. 
and uh, and Chuang Tzu answers like, um, I've I've heard that uh, you may know this story. I've heard that um, in the ancestral temple of the king, there's a um, a turtle shell that lived like three thousand years ago, and it's venerated. It's kept kept in the highest place above the altar. Uh, and um, he says, what do you think? Do you think that turtle is happy to be there or would rather be like moving, waving his tail in the mud in this river? And the minister said, I have to admit, she would be probably happy waving its tail in the river. And, and Chuang Tzu says, Leave me alone and fuck mm. off. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me wave my tail in the river. <laughs> so there's this side of of, um, of Taoism, which was probably what at first made me um, question is the idea of Tao, Taoism and leadership going together. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it is it's like the Taoist could be in any position. It, 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 it will be a different kind of king. Mm-hmm. Um, and his way of being a ruler will be characterized by some specific attitudes of Taoist, which are um, rather Un, unorthodox mm-hmm. but at the same time uh, Lao Tzu suggests it's the only way to achieve like a deeper level of serving mm-hmm. and um and realizing, mm-hmm. realizing things which Lotso says uh, people are not even aware of. There's one, one text which says like, um, the highest rulers are those that the people are not even aware that they exist. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, in another passage, he says, like, when, when things are done and um, a goal has been achieved, people will say, oh, we have done it. So that's another, so this kind of invisible hand, which is delicate but extremely effective. This is interesting uh, listening to you because uh, in preparing our our conversation tonight, I was thinking about, actually I didn't have the distinction between Confucian and Taoist approach. Uh, And now listening to you, uh, it resonates strongly with me and my being in this realm of leadership for over 30 years now, professionally. Uh, because when 
when I started to act in this arena, this was 1988, uh, I was a young man by then, 28, and it was, it struck me from the very first moment when I have been in a professional contact with uh, leaders of organizations, how how one-dimensional their, if at all given, their idea of their role has been. Uh, in a very, if at all, it was a, it was a order and control, predict and control reality of a linear reality. Yeah. And for me by then already, it was very, very clear that this is not what leadership is about. Yeah. Uh, leadership... Uh, would rather be, and it didn't even have the terms for that, of the selfless self, or of this serving and disappearing in yeah. order to allow emergence, the body of an organization to enact itself according to its innate nature, in innate reality. And, but it was very clear for me that, uh, that the, the precious opportunity of being in this position of which actually is an explicit choice someone takes, although it, they often don't take the choice for that. It just happens to them and they, they grasp it because it's a kind of thing which they own, but they never own the whole potentiality of it, the whole formless form of it. And over those, the course of the last 40 years now, uh, or 30 years, in, I see that this is actually what, what Tulanai and CCG is an, in the arena of leadership is taking a, a stand on what does it mean to be a leader in this relationship, the leading part, the so-called boardrooms, and the, re the rest of the organization, the body of the organization. So this reality uh, between those two seemingly sep often seemingly separated entities, yeah. which is a massive tragedy, tragedy when that happens. Uh, and not the oneness, see, acting not from the oneness of it. Right. This resonates when I listen to you to this yeah. serving idea and, and this. Yeah. And, um, it evokes like uh, some a couple of different ideas. Like one, one is like there's a a passage in the Lao in which he says um, the sage ruler has no mind of his own. Mm -hmm. Or her own. It, his or her mind can resonate with the collective. Yes. And uh, has no, has, has not even a fixed plan. Yeah. The plan will evolve organically as as a product of this collective mind. This is exactly the moment when um, we often speak to, when we are in, in a D 
deeper relationship already with our clients, mainly executives. Um, it's a very precious, very special moment when, when they, when we enroll them into this kind of allegories or pictures of the body, the whole body of an organization, which they are part of, and which they have kind of the honor to serve, and that it's, they are the tool for that. They are the tool for the body, and not the body is a tool for them to, exp to, to shine on them. So it's not about them. And this is a completely contradiction to the collective Western narrative of leadership. Because it, it, it's the, the mountain seat they climbed, you know, when they are finally in the boardrooms. And so it's all about me and the meanness, the I, I, I of it. And, and to, to my impression, uh, and what we then often can sense is a kind of surprise and a kind of relief. If that settles in, oh, it's not about me, then what? Right. It's a completely different universe there, yeah, or some kind of awakening up in. Right. Like another, another metaphor that Lao Tzu uses is that of rivers and the sea. He says it's because the sea is lower than the rivers that he can collect all the water coming yeah. to him. So oh. it's like the sage leader makes himself or herself lower. But from that lower position, it will be able to gather water coming from all directions. Holding the space for it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's a beautiful one. Yeah. And, uh, and then, of course, there's this key idea, which is um, so difficult at first sight for us to um, grasp, which is called non-doing, mm -hmm. which is, but it doesn't mean inertia. It's not literally non-doing, yeah. but it's doing with a different part of ourselves, different part. Um, it's not superimposing our ego mm -hmm. on the situation, not superimposing a, a fixed plan on the situation. It's not trying to force it to move in a certain direction. I was just, uh, just a few moments ago, I was jotting down some notes about India. And, and especially about the first impression that India has on a Western traveler <laughs> when, you, when you first meet that reality. <laughs> 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 it's a shock. It still has it. It's still the same. <laughs> <laughs> right. And like one, one thing that one learns pretty soon Uh, and if it doesn't learn, uh, it will have to learn it at their own <laughs> expenses. Uh, is that you cannot get things done by pushing. Mm -hmm. 
you push and you will meet an opposite push. Mm-hmm. Friction causes friction and things can jam and stop even the simplest possible things. While the other way around, if you, if you flow with things, if you, if you are smiling and gentle and humorous and surrendering, mm-hmm. that surrender opens doors, which you couldn't even imagine they were there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that, that's a Taoist quality. Mm-hmm. Shantina, I have a question then. Uh, in the realities uh, which I observe with leaders or with executives, Uh, there often is a, I think I completely get what you just said. Uh, and still there are realities where you have to keep the rudder in place and to, to follow the headwinds, uh, although your people might revolt or might oppose it. And you're still following that that call that that knowing because it is your your task to decide to take to decide on directions for in sometimes we go left or right we don't build cars or we build now electro whatever and this is often the reality of of the body of organizations is often heaviness and resistance by its own by expression of his own past. And it's a kind of it's a kind of bargaining situation between the body and the rudder, the man and the rudder. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who will prevail? Who? Yeah. That's, that's that's right. That's uh, it's very good that you you bring that up uh, because the images I've used are all like soft and smiling and But that's not, that's not the Taoist leader. The Taoist leader can have like any, <laughs> um, any face, any expression, and can may in just responding to a situation, feel that the appropriate thing to do is forceful. Mm-hmm. Has that flexibility, but is not, bound to any course of action is has the sensitivity to constantly shift and move and adapt and respond. This is this undoing activity. Right. Yeah. Like you, the rudder, you cannot hold it as a rigid thing and fix. Yes. Yeah. The boat will capsize possibly. <laughs> yeah. Or the rudder will break. Yeah. Yeah, the rudder will break. Yeah, you you will handle it. Responding, having a dialogue with the forces of the wind, the water, and everything that's going on there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like Taoism has this many faces, like. Um, a quality that it's highly valued is spontaneity, 
responding uh, to situation in an intuitive way mm -hmm. rather than in a calculated way. But that doesn't mean that you don't prepare yourself for situations. There's, there's one story Lao Tzu tells about like a good swimmer, a good swimmer that swims in this like turbulent water, which uh, seems like impossible to, to swim in. And Confucius is watching from the shore and is completely amazed and thinks this cannot be a human, must be a spirit. And, uh, and when the man comes out of the water, questions him and says, how, how, how do you do it? And he says, it's simple. It's I move down with the downward eddies and I move up with the upwards eddies. Yeah. Um, this is... This is very. This is a very essential uh, aspect to um, to el to show that possibility to, to executives. In my experience, that not resisting these major streams of energy, this allowance to be with it, to sense that, to feel it, to really embody it, which which in this very often rather not even intellectual, but, but rational reality is excluded, all these sensing aspects, yes. which is another, it's, it's like being crippled, you know, when, when you, if you resist on feeling and, and cultivating the rest of your, your potentiality, actually. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah, go with that. Like, give yourself the allowance to... It's like, yeah. But even, even there, there's like these two sides that need to meet and balance, which is like spontaneity, but also being prepared. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The man, the swimmer tells, tells Confucius, of my, of my life, I've, life, I've lived with water and I've learned to move with it. There's various examples in, in which, um, on one hand, honing one's skills and being prepared, and on the other hand, uh, being able to forget all about it and respond to the situation. With your with your intuition, mm -hmm. with spontaneity. In Zen, they have this idea that the archer doesn't even aim anymore at the target. Yes, becomes one with the arrow. This notion of which is often mentioned of the flow, of being in touch with the flow of energy, of of the situation and which doesn't mean like only passively going with things as they move 
for me, the, the key, one of the key tasks of, of this non-doing as a leader is to speak reality to the body, to the whole, to speak identity, to speak, to name who we are, and to speak it to the world. This is who we are, slash this is who we are not. And this is a this is a communication, this is speaking to the to the outer world and to the inner world. And so the the prior act in the reality of a leader is to allow her to see differently, to see this potentiality in this immense, endless, myriad forms. And to see, what is it that I see that this body is able to be, or can possibly be, right. Right. as an organization? And to, to, to phrase that in a form that, that there is pride in it, there is mm -hmm. a, a larger self beyond uh, the limitations of our past often. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is said that um, Michelangelo would describe his art as a sculptor as uh, allowing the form that's already there in the stone to emerge. Yeah. He would just like take away the, the extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clean. <laughs> clean the space for the image to emerge. Yeah, he was speaking that about his David, wasn't he? This was, yeah. I think, uh, uh, this, yeah. So, so that's, that's in some ways also very Taoist, and that's also, uh, I think, a, a metaphor for leading. Mm -hmm. What does it need to, to allow one to see, to to allow this uh, act of cultivation take place yeah. is a key question. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's this subtle combination which uh, has no fixed rule, but must be there, must be complete, and um, in order for creation to happen. So it's, it's, it's perfect preparedness and perfect spontaneity at the, at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's like in the, in Zen painting in which the painter will go and sit in a bamboo grove for 30 years and then goes and paints the bamboo. So the preparedness is the practice, the, yeah. the rigid or the, the ongoing practice in whatever territory it might be. This, at the same time, then this not knowing would come into place, this yeah. falling away of uh, our conceptual ideas of how it should be. Right. Oh, that's an empty space. For the Taoist, for the Taoist, the 
the highest knowing is knowing that one does not know. For like, like for Socrates. Yeah. Uh, knowing the knowing the knowing not knowing is the true knowing. So Taoists don't hold in high esteem uh, systems of thought and uh, and fixed knowledge. They like um, obstacle. It's like a cup too full that can you cannot keep pouring your tea in. Um, you need to create an emptiness to be able to fill it. Mm-hmm. Now, this emptiness is, to my knowing, that what not even not only leaders but leaders very often uh, are the most afraid of, because yeah. the image of the leader is the one who knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's quite um, a tricky situation isn't it and to and it's we're back to the liminal spaces of this not knowing of this threshold of wow uh, am i leaning forward or not (laughs) (laughs) out of the plane and or enjoying embracing the free fall not knowing if the parachute will open right What is what would be an ingredient to in this for this situation of at the threshold at the can I really uh, let go? Is it? Phew. Yeah, I I would say one word that comes to me is trust. But trust in turns depends on some deeper uh, wisdom, some deeper knowing, which I guess is the wisdom of non-separation. Then you can let go into the jump. I remember this moment. This was a, for me one of the most precious gifts I received, or Julian I received, a couple of years ago when we worked with a client uh, in a, for quite a while already. And they, this was a very trustful relationship between him and us. And they were in a really tough economic situation and they had to do larger restructuring. And he, from his background, was a very rigid, linear. This is how I met him, you know, this analytics guy, uh, knowing all the figures. And Excel sheet was his self-expression kind of. <laughs> and, and it took some years, but it, it was still a moment in time. And then there was this moment, which I never, ever will forget, when he, he was standing in front of his couple of hundred people and bringing the news. But this is where we're heading to, and and there's a lot of not knowing there. And then there was this question of one of his senior uh, executives, 
who was really in in despair said of what will we do when we face this and this situation you know and all these possibilities popped up and when the markets won't respond and then I, we heard him both say I don't know but what I know is that I fully trust when we will be there we all will come up with a solution. And this was unheard of him. <laughs> this was magic uh, in front of his people because they knew him and they never heard that kind of stuff from him, that <laughs> reality speaking out of him. And it was like a, this, this collective breathing out, this tension was gone and there was trust there. It was okay. We will know when we are, we are there, when we, we cross the bridge when we are there. And this was unheard of. This was this one of these moments of, wow, you know, this is, I have no clue what's out there, what's, yeah. where we're heading to. Today I read this beautiful sentence, we are all linked by a fabric of unseen connections. This fabric is constantly changing and evolving. This field is directly structured and influenced by our behavior and by our understanding. Do you know who spoke that? No, I don't. You're David Bohm. <laughs> <laughs> the man you introduced to us. <laughs> and It's like the roots of trees that Yes. We are discovering that they are in conversation with each other. <laughs> and this was I, was, I was so happy because it came in my inbox today. And I said, wow, yeah, this is exactly, this is this constant reinformation of the whole. This non-separatedness. Yeah. And at the end of the day, this is what we are, talking about in through looking through all kinds of lenses actually might be leadership or whatever. Yeah. And and to me this is such a, a relief to to relate also to this arena of consulting and of advising through coming from this reality of of coming speaking from that knowing of this Every information is an information for the whole, potentially. And it informs, so therefore, it's such a, such a relevant act, especially as a leader again. How you embody that role or that choice, how fully you, you engage within and beyond your own self. Yeah. And to to also show the that dignity in that, in giving up, that it's not about you, that it's an ingredient in for the whole. And yeah. My impression is often is when we establish a, a space where this is possible to be said, to be spoken, 
it resonates deeply with people. It's like a showing a new, uh, it's like a different flight level of, yeah. of yeah. looking at, yeah. at the larger picture. And then there's still the question, what does that mean in my everyday life? But, you know, that's, that's the beauty of an insight. You can't go back prior to it, actually. And you have to act, including it in some way, even if you negate it, but, but it's, it's still there. And especially if it takes away pain and suffering. Yeah. There's one, one of these Lao Tzu verses that uh, touches me particularly. Is he says, um, if you want to, the term there could, could be translated as, um, well, let me just use it as he says it. He says, if you want to conquer the world, you must not have concerns of your own. Mm -hmm. If you have concerns of your own, then the world is conquering you, not the other way around. Yes. Yeah. So that reaching that sense of wholeness is like being beyond concerns of your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it made us cultivate it, it made us cultivate an attitude in our profession of not wanting anything this I think speaks to me when I hear what you say uh, whenever we we go with clients. Uh, we don't. We come from a not wanting a contract. We come from not wanting it. We are an offering, and we offer ourselves as a giving, as a given. But we don't want it. It's not about it to have, and we we do everything that's possible for us to to make that clear in the very beginning, which is surprising to, and it's to many, because it's not the usual thing, because usually you want that, you know, you want yeah. it, because yeah. it's a contract, it's money. It's like the general law of the market is wanting. It's wanting, yeah. yeah. And, but often curiosity starts, uh, uh, because, wow, what does that mean? Uh, and then a, a different conversation is possible. And all of a sudden it's eyesight. It's, it's not, you know, we Thank want something. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening so. to no. this episode of the Conscious Consulting this is Podcast. A, a relationship if you want to dive deeper into the field of Conscious Consulting, become a part of and our of community, course this is a, a visit ccp-group.eu well. and subscribe to our newsletter so we can other. stay connected. Yeah. You will find the link in the show notes. We look forward to having you on board. How you can relate to us and how you cannot. It's very helpful. It just clears the scene.
because there is a kind of wanting still, but uh, only in the relationship of, of or in the engagement with the other entity of wanting him or her to see, to enact, to see differently, maybe. This is an exercise for me. Yeah. It's not wanting. Wanting you to be the best CEO possible. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. Is a, I have to be careful about that. You know, this wanting is... yourself to be the best counselor. <laughs> possible. Yeah. But see, it's like, it's again, it's like two sides of the coin. It's like, um, To be the best possible consultant, you have to not want to be yeah. the best possible consultant. But at the same time, you train to be the best possible consultant. And then you will forget about the training and just respond. Yeah, just forget about it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just fall free. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so much looking forward. <laughs> <laughs>